0: Messengers. And welcome to the Midnight Train, America's second favorite podcast where we bring the dark to light, where history never dies, and where listener discretion, eh, well, it's always advised. We make fun of and joke about the creepy and unsolved mysteries of the world, all while bringing you as much information on each topic as, well, as we can possibly do in, in the time allowed and, you know, having lives and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, w- once we have a team behind us mm-hmm. and we're able to pay them, can you imagine? Wait, isn't there a me and team? So therefore, we are the team. No, there's a there's a there's a, a, a me and meat pie. Oh, oh, there is an I in team. It's in the ass. It's in the a hole. Oh, you you said it. Yeah. You said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so listen, if you're new here, listen, we are a comedy podcast, all right? And uh, yeah, well, at least we try to be. We try to make light of, not light of, we try to bring a little bit uh, of irreverence to dark topics. That's a big word. Right? Well, thank you. Irreverence. Irreverence to like that. You can be my irreverence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, things can get dark. So if you're not into, you know, making light, uh, not light again, I don't want to say light of, Um, I guess bringing some levity to some dark topics, then listen, we get it. No problem. You can go ahead and check something else out, but if you are and you think, "Hey, I can hang with these guys," then guess what? Where you, are, Huckleberry? All right, that's been like two references already. Like that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's uh, it's only like what forty-five seconds in. Right, that's what I'm saying. Well, a minute twenty-nine. Anyway, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, give us a chance, and guess what? For everyone else out there that listens on a weekly basis, man, welcome back. It's good to good to we be in having. your ear holes right now. I'm, I'm here. I'm gonna tickle it. Is that tickle? It's tickling my beard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, seriously, though, thank you so much for coming back, returning and listening to the show. I am your host, the conductor of The Cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, And of course, with me is the one and only... <sighs> the blonde compatriot. The blonde son of mine. It's Logan Sayre. It's starting to look pretty good, though. <laughs> Yay. It looks like you have frosted tips. I've always wanted to be, you know, like a... A, a, a boy band Yeah, you look like the Nick guy. Well, not Nick. It's Nick Carter. Nick Carter? Yeah, 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 from what is it? NSYNC? Yeah. Is uh, it is Nick Carter an NSYNC? Is it NSYNC? I have That's no the idea. one with uh, NSYNC. Wait, is NSYNC the one with uh, that's Justin with, Timberlake? Yeah, that's JT. So, no, Nick Carter was Backstreet Boys. Are you I sure? I might be wrong. Maybe. Hold on, I gotta go Isn't this his now. brother, like, the one who unfortunately passed away recently? I think so. Yeah, That's that stinks. Yeah, that's horrible, horrible. Anyway, I'm sorry to drop that on you, but guess what? That's kind of what we do. I was right, Backstreet Boys. Hey! Hey, I know my boy band's a little bit. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. That's sync, I think. Uh, is it? I don't <laughs> fucking know. <laughs> anyway, listen, do us a favor. Go over and subscribe to our Patreon, because, uh, you know, we drop Patreon episodes. Um, every, we try to every week, as well as specials and bonuses and things like that for you guys and uh we are going to be talking about the uh, medici family over in italy oh yeah that one's pretty fun and then you were talking about another one that you we've, we've mentioned a couple yeah, times i call him the bck but that's just his name because i don't fucking remember i think it's like brian cranston killer or some shit like that it's the dirt bag that killed all the people in the uh the college the college recently yeah it yeah. was like december november in, in oregon right i believe Iowa. Are you sure, Iowa? As far as my notes say. Oh, well, <laughs> let's hope that's it. Anyway, so get over there, support the show. It's like five bucks a month. You get all the bonuses, and we've got a lot of them over there, seriously, and uh, as well as a bunch of special stuff and, and whatnot. So, you know, support the show. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train podcast, or go to the midnight themidnighttrainpodcast.com. Right. All right. So that's enough of that. Yes. If you can get over there, cool. If not, listen... We don't even need your money. Your money would be very well appreciated. However, word of mouth is way more important to us. So just tell somebody about the show. That's it. If you enjoy it, go you know what? I'm gonna text grandma. I know it's late, but she's up. She's watching MASH. It's cool. MASH is awesome. I do like MASH. (laughs) I love MASH. Send her a text like grandma. Like, I think you'll love this show. Stop watching Hogan's Heroes and come <laughs> hang out with us. I like that one, too. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> I love that show. That was amazing. All right. So, listen. Save the rest of the business stuff. All right. Until the end of the show. Let's just get into this. Let's turn down the lights. Adjust our seats. Grab a drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And let's get uh, brainy. Ooh. Let's get insane in the membrane. Insane. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> Anyway, but here is a toast to all of you beautiful motherfuckers. saying this is what we do yeah we'll put like a a, a metal like fucking double kick drums and shit behind it right the beats I got you yeah I'm down if you don't know what this is if you are new here yes this is a uh, an old project of mine called the cool whips yes and why were you called the cool whips because we were white and we're sweet (laughs) yeah so yeah it was fun it was a good time and if you're not into that kind of music I'm sorry but I am you know, yeah. I, I love everything, though. Uh, I was just telling you, uh, went to go see El King last night. Shout out to Bill. Yeah. B- Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. Right off the rip, Bill. Do you hear that? Yeah. As well as Katie, Katie, Allie. I mean, everyone, my beautiful wife, everybody, we all went out there. Heidi as well. We had a great time. L El King just blew my mind really blue <laughs> which is funny because like i almost feel like she wouldn't have been your cup of tea but then after hearing like her genre that she changed into well yeah because she was oh uh, she was pop and if you right if, if you don't know who l king is it's rob schneider uh obviously he's been in a million movies He was on SML, you can do it right he's the you can do it guy in yeah. almost every adam sandler movie every yeah, the male gigolo whatever yes deuce spigolo. it's his daughter and she started off doing pop and i was like eh yeah, But then she kind of changed and she's doing this like little country indie thing. Yeah. And man, she was so sick. So sick. But she was amazing. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> you know why I brought that up? Hmm. Because that's how my brain works. Oh, is it? Yes, my brain Fires on all cylinders at all times to the to, 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 to the point. You hear that? <laughs> Today, Junior, <laughs> to the point that I have to take medication for it. So, yes, you guys are listening to a guy who is uh, prescribed Adderall every day. Okay. You know, because ADHD is a son of a bitch. My prescription is alcohol. no oh, well, I do that as well. Anyway. <laughs> and also, if you are new here, we do a thing that if you uh, happen to hear a, uh, a reference to a movie or a quote or something like that, then you got to drink. Yeah. And hopefully you are drunk enough that we sound good by the time we're done. That's always a plus sign. Got it. So, anyway, my brain. Yes. Your brain. Kind of. The brain. Yes. Brian. <laughs> brain. <laughs> so, the brain is a, an amazing, amazing thing. And you guys are probably going, why are they talking about the brain right now? You know why? Because it's mysterious AF. Yes. That's why. And, and we it's do mysterious. pretty dark because there's no light that gets to it. So, I mean... Oh, boy. What about the light bulb that pops up? It comes out of your head. It's not in your brain. It doesn't actually illuminate the inside. there's no illumination. There's no little minion that goes, illumination. (laughs) (laughs) Illumination. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Drink up. Anyway. So, what does a brain do? I wonder. Hmm. The brain is a sophisticated organ that manages every bodily function as well as thought, memory, emotion, touch, motor skills, vision, respiration, temperature, and hunger. So when you're hungry, it's your brain telling you like you need to eat. It's Brian up there. He's like hey you gonna you gonna call it Brian the whole time. i will call it Brian the whole Jesus, time. Jesus damn it! The whole time. <laughs> Dyslexia is a fucking bitch. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so the central nervous system or CNS is made up of the spinal cord that emerges from the brain. All right. So the brain's kind of that is the, the the motor of your body. That is the highway because life is a highway.
1: Life is a highway. There it is. All
0: right. There it goes. And everyone else is probably singing it too. <laughs> there well. you go. You know you'd love it. So how is the brain, that beautiful thing inside of your head that I hope you use, how is it constructed? I wonder. Well, the brain is around 60% fat. Weird. Yeah. Didn't know that. It's... And weighs about three pounds in a typical adult. Didn't know that. Thanks to Jerry Maguire. Yes. Show me the money. But didn't he say it was like five and a half pounds or something like that? Yeah. I mean, everyone's brain's different. Little fucker lied to us. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Combinations of water, protein, carbs, and salts make up the remaining 40%. The brain is not a muscle in and of itself, it is made up of nerves, blood vessels, neurons, and glial cells. Yes. Or glial. Either way, I'm probably saying it wrong. (laughs) It's probably like glal cells or whatever. So, what exactly are the gray and white matter in your brains? Yes. Hmm. There are two distinct parts of the central nervous system, gray matter and white matter. Gray matter in the brain refers to the thicker outer layer and white matter to the thinner inner layer beneath. This arrangement is reversed in the spinal cord where the gray matter is located within and the white matter is on the outside. Now, why? Why? Why do that? Because the brain is gonna do what it wants. It's like as it's growing. It's like we're gonna fool them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, just put a one eighty on them. You know what I mean? Like I don't know why. Why? Whoever. Listen. We as human beings, mm-hmm. as, as as yeah, as human beings, we are an amazing construct. Yes, We are absolutely, like, it's just amazing how our nerve endings work and, you know, everything else. And the fact that we have synapses in our brain that can tell us, like, ouch, that's hot. Mm -hmm. Or to have thoughts and dreams and things like that. Why make it a different color? Got to be different, man. Oh, man, it's kind of annoying. (laughs) So axons, the lengthy stems connecting neurons together and covered with myelin make up the majority of white matter, while neuron somas, the round core cell bodies, make up the majority of gray matter, or a protective coating. Right. It's protected. It is. It is. The two appear as, a se- uh, as separate shades on some scans because of the differences in the composition of the neuron components. Okay. Typically, it's just a denser material. That's why it's, like, darker on, like, certain um, scans and different uh, stuffs that we look at. So the gray matter is more dense? Correct. That's your protective layer. Later? Later. Later, Later, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Each area performs a distinct function, while matter transports information to various regions of the nervous system, while gray matter is principally in charge of processing and interpreting it. Yeah. Is this why they say, like, separate parts of the brain kind of thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Like you're, cause I know that's not a, like a real thing. No. I like mean, people are not left brain and right brained. No, there's not. Your brain is not more dominant on the left or the right side, but your left and right side do control different aspects of your personality as well as motor control and stuff like that as well too. So if you are a quote unquote right brain kind of guy, you typically use like the left side of your body more, but it's just because it's just what you're more dependent upon. It's not because your brain is leaning that way. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if my left and right brain ever, like, had a discussion. They put up a wall. Yeah, they're like, we're not talking to each other. (laughs) You, get out of here. (laughs) Me walking around in circles. (laughs) So now, how is the brain organized? Well, your brain communicates with the rest of the body via electrical and chemical impulses. Your brain interprets each signal, which controls a distinct process. For instance, some, um, you know, they make you feel worn out, while others make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Okay. And sometimes you're like, why why do I feel this way? Well, that's that thing inside your two ears, in between the two ears, that's making you do all that. Yes. All the time. It is an amazing thing. It yeah. is so amazing. It's very scary. And, and as we oh well, yeah. And as we get into this, you're gonna find out why we believe it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because a lot of people just they take it for granted. You walk around all day long, like duh, 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 duh. Yeah, you could be an ant, man. Like ants just know what to smell and they just walk in a straight line typically. Do they not have brains? They do. Yeah, but their brains literally don't do anything except tell what part of the body to move, and that's it. Did you know an ostrich's brain is Mm. smaller than its eyes? Yes, actually, it's like the size of a walnut, almost Mm. the same size as a Tyrannosaurus Rex's brain. (laughs) 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 I don't think you thought this part, Uh, Master. I love that movie so much. (laughs) Drink up. So anyway, some messages are stored in the brain while others are transmitted to distant extremities by way of the spine and the extensive network of nerves in the body. Right? Yes. So like that's like when you get that tingly feeling like, oh, man, I'm hot or I'm cold or, you know, if you're not getting enough blood flow or whatever, your brain's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you. <laughs> please. Wakey. Get up and move, please. You got the tingles. I hate the tingles. My wife every time I have to avoid telling her if my like foot's asleep or something, because she will go over and just grab it and start squeaking. Oh, dude, it's the worst. It's oh the god. Worst. You're already feeling a thousand. Yeah, she's so pin mean. Needles. She's so mean to me. <laughs> she's so mean. <laughs> anyway, so the central nervous system uses billions of neurons to accomplish this. You know, with with, with nerve cells, right? right? So the nerve cells are floating around. Not floating around, but they're they're everywhere, right? The everyone. brain's major components. All right. Let's talk about those for oh a second gosh. and their functions. Ooh. Mm-hmm. There's the cerebrum. I think it's. Or cerebrum. That's exactly how it should be pronounced. The Brian stem. Yes. Stems of Brian. And the cerebellum. Ooh. Which is a great album by Tool. I yeah. I don't think that's a real album. Anyway, <laughs> and they can be thought of as the three main parts of the brain, okay? So the cerebrum, all right? That's gray matter, yes. right? The cerebral cortex, as they call it there in the, mm. the smart people plant, wherever they are. Anyway, and white matter make up the cerebrum, okay? The uh, front of the brain. So that's up front, okay? The cerebrum, which is the biggest component of the brain, controls temperature as well as initiating and coordinating movement. Okay. Oh, so I kinda need that. A little bit. A little bit important. A little bit. That's why you shouldn't bash your head into things. <laughs> Football players. Hmm. Oh. Anyway, CTE is a bitch and a real thing. Yeah. Speech, judgment, thinking, and reasoning, problem solving, emotions, and learning are all made possible by different regions of the cerebrum. Right? Kind of the most important part of your brain right it there. Sounds pretty important, yeah. Yeah. Additional functions deal with the senses of sight, sound, touch, and others. Yeah. Seems pretty significant for such a small part, yeah, it's a very big part of your life. So now, the cortex. Oh, yeah. Oh. The term cortex, which is Latin for bark. Woof. <laughs> what? Is it really? <laughs> yeah. It's Latin. Okay. Refers to the cerebrum's outer layer of gray matter. Uh, because it's protective, maybe? Yeah. That's, that's why they called it. Kind of why I think that, yeah. <laughs> Some Latin guy's like, we don't have a name for that. And his dog's like, woof. Buck. It shall be Buck. <laughs> no, his his dog went cortex. <laughs> <laughs> Damn dog, you're smart. <laughs> so due to its folds, the cortex has a huge surface area and makes up nearly half of the weight of the brain. Now there are two hemispheres, all right, Or has? That's what we were talking about a minute ago. Yes. Okay. Or of the cerebral cortex, it has folds and ridges. Um, the gyri. Yes. They're called. So those things, those ridges in your brain, are called gyri. They're called gyros. It's not euros. <laughs> I do love a good euro. Yeah. Oh man, it's not Yiri, is it? No, it's Jiri or Jiri. Or oh. whatever. yeah, are you sure? Yeah, it's Jiri. Right. Yeah, and uh, and and then it has the Solchi, right? Or sulki? Yes. Which so is- the folds are the Jiri, and the ridges are the Solchi. <laughs> <laughs> Got all that? All right. So the interhemispheric fissure also known as the medial longitudinal fissure, connects the two hemispheres of the brain and extends from the front to the rear of the skull. So when you're looking at a brain, you have your frontal cortex, which is the big... Can we pause for a second and just uh, highlight the fact that I didn't mess that up? <laughs> very, good, very good. Hey, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> that was first time. I didn't have to re-record yeah. that or anything. Sorry, no, go, ahead. No, go ahead. No pre-planning or anything. I feel really good about that. <laughs> but the, when you look at the brain, you have the very front portion of the brain, which lo- literally looks like a quarter, it's just like like of a circle, like a half of a circle is just connected to it and then on top of that you have this line or the whatever the hell that fucking long ass word is the interhemispheric fissure that goes across the very middle of it and then you have your two hemispheres on either side so it literally looks like looks it, like a walnut yeah it looks like a walnut yeah literally seriously it, it your brain looks like a walnut it's and just like eight thousand times bigger and if you happen to watch any of the um autopsy videos that he made me watch, then you'll know what I'm talking about. See, it's funny because whenever I talk about the brain, I literally just see it in the palm of my hand now. Just squishy and moving. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it. So, um, so it connects the two hemispheres of the brain and extends from the front to the rear. Right? Right. Okay. Now the left half of the brain controls the right side of the body and the right half the left. Right. Mm -hmm. For the most part. So the corpus, oh boy, the corpus callosum, a sizable C-shaped mass of white matter and nerve connection serves as the communication link between the two hemispheres. Yes. So it's like little it's the it's the satellite yeah. between the two. Or the uh, what is that called? The the the, 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 the con- tower yeah. to communicate between you know the planes. I like that. Yes, it's yes. a it's a flight tower. a yeah, travel control tower. Yes, there it is. Yes. That's what it is. Beep 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 mm-hmm. the whole time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sense of all this as I <laughs> relay to you guys here. So, um, um, the, it's in the middle, right? Right. Uh, so the cerebrum's corpus callosum is right damn in the, right middle. in the middle. All right. Connects both of them. Then you have the brainstem. The cerebrum and spinal cord are linked by the brainstem, which is in the center of the brain. The midbrain, pons, and medulla. I'm not going to do it. You're medulla oblongata. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. M- mama, mama always says, like <laughs> something wrong with his medulla <laughs> oblongata. Listen here, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> So those are all parts of the brain stem. Okay, so with a variety of distinct neuron clusters, the nuclei and colliculi. Oh, that was very good. Yeah, oh. sound. Neur- uh, neuronal pathways and other structures. The midbrain, or <laughs> I got this. Hold on. Uh, mesencephalon. Yeah, is a tremendously complicated structure. Yes, and so was that word. <laughs> you got. I don't want to say it again. These traits make it easier to do a variety of tasks, including listening. Moving, responding to environmental changes, and calculating responses. The substantia nigra, a region of the basal ganglia that facilitates movement and coordination, and is damaged by Parkinson's disease, is also located in the midbra- midbrain. And Parkinson's sucks, you yeah. It sucks. What a, a, a I guess they just um released a um uh a, a medicine that's supposed to prolong. The, it's either Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. which both brain related, yeah. um, which my family, all our family, unfortunately all have suffered from. Um, but it's supposed to prolong it like five years. Oh really? It just got approved like recently wow. after the FBI, uh, FBI. Yeah. The <laughs> FBI was like, Hey, see, <laughs> look what we've got for you. No more LSD. Here you go. <laughs> What's up? wrong with the old brain? Here, take some, take some drugs. No, uh, the FDA. I believe I read that the other day. Okay. Okay. I think I could, uh, Yeah, I drink a lot. Yeah, yeah. So with a uh, variety of, you know, distinct neuron clusters, Yeah. like we said there. Okay. The pathways and stuff. So the, it, it makes it easier for without them, you wouldn't be able to do certain things. That's why when it goes in and like you have diseases like Parkinson's and um, um, Alzheimer's, things like that, that's where it focuses on the yep. disease itself. So it takes away from your ability to do those things, to remember. Right. To, to function correctly. Yeah, just to, to be walk. able to have any motor skills whatsoever. Yeah, like it's oh, it's so horrible. So for uh, four of the 12 cranial nerves, which enable a variety of functions like uh, tear generation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chewing. Okay. Blinking. Can you hear me blink? No? Okay. Concentrating eyesight, balance, hearing, and facial expression originate in the pons. Pont de Lyon. <laughs> the pons, which means bridge. Okay. In Latin, serves as the link between the midbrain and the medulla. Makes sense. Bridge. Get it. Mm-hmm. The medulla is where the brain and spinal cord meet at the base of the brainstem. A medulla is necessary for living. <laughs> Isn't the entire brain? <laughs> you don't need to move. I mean, kind of, to people yeah, kind of yeah. important. Many biological processes, including heart rhythm, respiration, blood flow, oxygen, and carbon dioxide levels are regulated by the medulla's functions. Reflex actions like sneezing, mm-hmm. vomiting, oh, yay. coughing, mm-hmm. and swallowing are produced by the medulla. Mm-hmm. Gulp. <laughs> the spinal cord passes through a sizable uh, aperture at the base of the skull from the medulla's bottom. The spinal cord, which is supported by the vertebrae, transmits and receives signals between the brain and the rest of the body. Yuh, right? Yuh. That's what it does. It shoots signals constantly all day long. Pew, 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 pew. It's like a game of Pong. From back in the day. Hey, I can't do it. Like in Spaceballs. We got the bleeps. The creeps. Can't do it as well as he does. Anyway, if you don't know that movie, I don't know what to tell you. Wasn't he the same guy that was in Police Academy? Yes. That was the same guy? Yes. Dude, that guy is freaking He's amazing. amazing. Absolutely. All right. The cerebellum, sometimes known as the little brain, is a fist-sized section of the brain situated in the rear of the head. Above the brainstem and below the temporal and, whole oh boy, occipital, occipital, I had it. You did f- have it, yeah. Occipital lobes. It features two hemispheres just like the cerebral cortex. The inner region connects with the cerebral cortex while the outer or the outside region contains neurons. Its job is to keep posture, balance, and equilibrium while coordinating voluntary muscle movements. Yes. Right? It's yeah. what tells your ass to walk. And stay standing up straight and feed yourself and and drive a car anything that you need motor skills basically basically right? yeah right kind of anyway <laughs> the cerebellum's function in intellect emotion and social interaction as well as its potential roles in addiction autism and schizophrenia are the subject of recent studies I mean yeah yeah it is I mean, if you think about addiction and, uh, with autism and everything else, and especially schizophrenia, geez. Yep. So apparently that's where it kind of, I hate to use the word, but that's where it stems from. You're welcome. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> good. Oh, and, and all those obviously need a lot more research and hopefully, you know what I mean? Like if you can get out there, support those, uh, the research causes, because, you know, we do want to, you know, at some point in time, figure this out. And that's part of why we're doing this episode is because there are certain afflictions and, 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 and if you are a long time listener of the show, you know that I am a big, you know, advocate for mental health wellness, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of stuff about our mental health that we just are our brains that we don't know enough about to even remotely start to fix. Right. You know, so that's why if I was a billionaire, instead of trying to go to the next planet, I'd be worrying about our brains and how the fuck they work. As would I. That's why we're not billionaires. Though. However, we're not billionaires. Nope. wait. Yet. God, that would be <laughs> amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, anyway, so, uh, oh man, uh, meninges. Yeah. A, serve as protective covering. It serves as a protective covering for the brain. The brain and spinal cord are encased in three layers of defense known as the meninges. Yeah. Sounds like a, an 80s pop band. Ladies like and gentlemen, the music. meninges. Yeah. It's, sounds like to me the, the mater. is it Duramater or, or is it the mater like Tomater is like to mater. Uh, is it really? It's Duramater. Duramater. No, it's. <laughs> is it really? It's like Tomater without the Tom. <laughs> is it really Durama- yeah, okay. Duramater? Okay. So by the way, uh, 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 so Logan did the entire research on this. Okay. I did nothing on this. Um, so <laughs> if it's too scientific, I'm yeah, sorry. there's a lot that's going into this and, uh, you can send all hate mail to Logan at the midnight dream podcast at gmail.com. Right, I'll read every single one of them and I will enjoy every moment of it. Cause this is amazing. One of these days, people are going to realize that none of those email addresses actually work. Why would you say that? Out loud? <laughs> <laughs> Cause, it's, Cause it's funny. So the Durham mater. The topmost layer is substantial and resilient, so I guess it's pretty tough, right? It's very tough. Okay, there are two layers to it. The inner dome of the skull, the cranium, is lined by the whew, peristial layer. Yeah. Of the dura mater. Man, you're putting me to work today. Ooh. And the meningeal layer lies beneath it. Very true. Okay, so is that where like uh, the, the term like you know spiral meningitis and stuff like that comes from? Because the meningeal layer is that what it attacks? Correct. Damn, I'm good. Pretty good at this, man. Whew. Veins and arteries that supply the brain with blood can pass through spaces between the layers. Yes. Okay. A web-like layer of thin connective tissue, the arcnoid mater. <laughs> 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 I just can't with the mater thing, dude. Thank you, to mater, for messing that up for me. That's Hey, man, layer the cable guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. It is devoid of blood vessels and nerves, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So the uh, cerebrospinal fluid, or CSF, lies beneath the arachnoid matter. Arachnoid. That sounds like spiders. Spiders. Yes. Spiders live in your brain. Oh. Oh. You got brain spiders. You got the brain spiders. What's going on with your hair? (laughs) Looks like a bunch of spiders is having a meeting. It's from Friday. Drink up. Anyway. Um, I don't even know what I did. That. <laughs> so this fluid actually continuously circulates around the brain and spinal cord, cushioning the entire central nervous system and removing waste products. So it's Which a lot of times cool. is why, like when people, like when babies and stuff like that are born, their brains are their their skulls are super like puffy and stuff because there actually is a rise of a um, an issue where they actually don't have that like valve that gets rid of that waste matter. So it just swells up all that fluid and shit that your so, body can't excrete. So what weight? Uh, it might talk about. It, I don't know. But what what waste matter are you like? What are you? So like, like you have oxygen, you have nutrients and stuff like that that go into there. It's the byproducts of all that stuff that is just sitting in that, and then your body actually flushes it out. So you actually have like little little passageways on the side of your neck and stuff like that that actually have fluid that go through them that actually goes through the rest of your body's systems, and like cleans your brain out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your brain gets that washed is amazing. All the time. It's pretty cool. Holy crap. Yeah, we have like a self-washing brain. Yeah, we literally do. We have a power wash station inside of our that brain. That is so cool. I mean, your brain literally is just sitting inside of a cavity with it's like fluid floating. Yeah. surrounding it. That's the only reason, yeah. like, yeah. that's like, And that's why concussions are bad and kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're basically just shaking your nugget, and that little noodle inside your your skull gets bruised. Yeah. And, yeah, it's not good. And too many of those, again, just going back to the CTE thing. Anyway, Sorry. (laughs) So the brain's surface and its contours are hugged and followed by a thin membrane called the Mm pia-mater. Son of a bitch. The pia-mater is full of arteries and veins. The outer outer dura-mater, arachnoid, and inner pia-mater are the three meningeal layers that lie beneath the skull. Yes. Okay. Now we got all that. So if you want to go back to the autopsy... Uh, okay. When they crack open the skull, I mean, I don't want to, but I will. And they had to slice away at a thin skin-like coating that was surrounding the brain. The membrane. That yeah. is the membrane. That is yeah. part of the meningeal layer. Oh, you're welcome. You guys are learning all kinds of stuff today. Brain lobes, and uh, let's talk about what the brain lobes and you know what they control. Yeah. Okay. So the frontal, <sighs> parietal, Parietal. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Temporal. And that's like the first one I've messed up, dude. <laughs> it is actually, all right. yeah. Pretty impressed. Parietal. All right. Temporal and occipital lobes are the four portions that make up each cerebral hemisphere, Part of which is part of the uh, cerebrum. Right. Okay. Certain functions are controlled by each lobe. So each one of those lobes, all four of those control certain things. Correct. Right. So, you, again, your brain, that thing, in, as you're listening to this right now, that thing inside of your head is one of the most intricate I don't want to say devices, organs, whatever you want to call it, that's Pretty ever much. been created. It's literally, it's its own supercomputer. It, it's ridiculous, and you need to take care of it. Okay. Yeah, man. So maybe stop smoking so much of them tweeds. Okay. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean. Or maybe do, because maybe it's supposed to like, you know, because they say like mushrooms and stuff is supposed to like open up your brain. Dude, and like, I saw the most fucked up video today. While on mushrooms? No, it was oh. about mushrooms oh. and shit like that, like fungi and stuff. So- there's a new show, which I'm sure you probably haven't seen. Hey, real quick. Mm-hmm. Why was the mushroom invited to the party? Because he was a fun guy. He was a fun guy! Hey! <laughs> but there, was a, All right, sorry, there was a video. So there's a show called The Last of Us. It's based off a video game, which I'm sure you It's a video game. Yes. Um, but there's a character in that that goes back to a amazing movie called The Mummy. His name is Jonathan. He plays as a doctor who talks about fungi and like how they work and how they kind of take over your brain with like filtering with hallucinogens stuff like that. Um, But because in that show, spoiler alert, yeah, you're welcome. In that show, if you haven't seen Last of Us, it it is amazing. But in the show, and because it's from the video game or whatever, um, the the uh, quote unquote, I guess, zombie outbreak actually stemmed from a fungal outbreak. A fungal outbreak, which could happen because if you guys want to look up some really messed up stuff. Look up how ants and the fungi that attaches to ants can turn them into zombies. Yeah. It's wild. It's all controlled. Like Everyone thinks that viruses are super scary, which they are, but fungi are even scarier because they know what they're doing at the same time that they're actually trying to, basically, they give you the hallucinogens and make you think that, hey, everything's great, but I'm going to make you do what I want if you don't do this and you're not getting the hallucinogens, and all of a sudden, your brain just stops working. Like it's fucking scary. But there was a scene in there where Jonathan was talking about was like the only reason why we don't actually have an issue to this day about fungi outbreak is because our internal temperatures are a little too high. But as soon as they develop that mutation that allows them to Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's it's a great show. You should watch show. it. But but I think it's really screwed up that you call yourself fungi, but yet you're not. I mean, they give you <laughs> hallucinogens, man. That's pretty fun. Yeah, what is it called that comes from the um, um, from the, the mushrooms and stuff? It's uh, like a Toxic Oatsy or something like that? I can't remember what it's called, but apparently it's supposed to be like, they're, they're doing so much research on it where, where people are taking this and it's like literally transforming people with uh, Alzheimer's and stuff like that. It's like it transforming their lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people that had issues with like motor skills and stuff like that, it's all of a sudden like it's, it's taking... Like, like Parkinson's. Yeah. Parkinson's, you shake a lot. Right. This, you take this, and all of a sudden, you're not shaking anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And why that is not being studied a lot more, which I'm sure it probably is, but, you know, as opposed to, you know, going to space. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> moving on. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> so, and the anterior lobe, or the frontal lobe, the largest part of the brain here. Okay, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's called the interior lobe, right? Anterior. Anterior. The an- Anterior. It's not in. No. And inclusive. Right. (laughs) It's the largest part of the brain. It controls personality traits, judgment, and movement. It is situated in the front of the head. A portion of the frontal lobe is typically involved in smell recognition. Uh All right. The Brocas region, which is connected to speech capacity. That's also located in the frontal lobe. Correct. All right. So that's how you. So if you have like a, a speech impediment, mm-hmm. like, you know, stuttering and stuff stuttering, like, that. Things like that, it's probably where it's uh, the, the afflect is from, right? Like Ben Affleck? Not Affleck. Is he. I'm Batman. Is <laughs> he so Batman in my brain now? <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm Batman. Sorry. Uh, so the pituitary lobe. Yes. Okay. Same so- function. The uh, say it again. The parietal. Damn it. The parietal lobe located in the middle of the brain aids in object identification and the comprehension of spatial relationships, which include comparing one's body to the surroundings. Okay. It's like situational. Right. Maybe we don't need that one. <laughs> we don't necessarily need it, but that's what separates us from typical animals. Like it's, it's actually really cool. There was actually a study done recently about dogs and cats. Um, dogs, that's why they, when they see themselves in a mirror, they look up, they, they get real aggressive. They, they like think it's another dog, but when a cat sees themselves in the mirror, they know it's a cat. They don't give a shit. No, no. What? Some cats don't have that function oh, and okay. get crazy with them. But most cats have that function where they see themselves in the mirror and they're like, yeah, that, that's me. I'm used to that. Like I, I've seen myself in water reflection, shit like that. But there's rare occasions where some cats, they'll see them and they're, they're, they're very, I don't want to say barbaric, but they're very rudimentary when that comes to that aspect. You ever see the um, the videos of like the where they put like a mirror in the jungle and the the, the ape sees it, the, yep. uh, the gorilla and sees it, just goes ape, just ship. goes nuts. Yep, he's like and he's like looking around the back of it, like ready to go. <laughs> I seen one where a bear did the same exact thing too. Like yeah. he literally attacked it and looked behind it, and was like oh shit, and then walked away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> dummy, it's just a mirror. Don't you use one of those? <laughs> Didn't you find that in? The porridge house with Goldilocks or whatever house it was. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so the interpretation of touch and pain experienced by the body also involves the parietal lobe. Did I say it again, wrong. You could say it's either parietal or the parietal. I, I, you can go either way. Okay. So Wernicke's region, which aids the brain in comprehending spoken language, is located in the per, uh, parietal. Damn it! Why can't I get that one? Parietal. Parietal. Parital. Parachute. Poopy pants. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, boy. The occipital lobe. I can do that one perfectly. It doesn't make any sense. The back portion of the brain that controls vision is called the occipital lobe. Okay, so let's talk about that. All right. So the temporal lobes on the side of the brain have a role in short-term memory, speech, musical rhythm, and to some extent, smell perception. All right? Yes. So each one of those has something to do with how you as a human being react to smells, tastes, music, hmm. Which is that is one of the most baffling things to me, because obviously I'm a huge music fan and music is like it's like my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's very- outside of this podcast, of course. But even then, I'm still, you know, yeah. like music is so big to me and there's people that just they don't see or, or should I say hear music yeah. like I do. Yeah. and you know and 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 it's fine and i get it but there's some people that are just like eh, i don't even listen to music yeah I'm like what i couldn't how could you not like you I, know? I had the worst migraine of my life last night and i had to have music on like it was just my calming sensation to try and get me to relax music transforms my entire uh um, demeanor mm-hmm. during the day i could be in a horrible mood and then all of a sudden i hear like two or three songs back to back that are like, okay. Yep. And all of a sudden I'm dancing like, all right, it doesn't matter that that person just shot me. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it I just music yeah. is so big, but but that's why is because it, everybody's brain is wired differently. Yeah. There's different, different chemicals, different synapses, different, anything in there is that's what's, that's why we're all different. That's so why we're all snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we are. I mean, we are. We're so unique in the fact that every single one of us is different and wired completely different. And and it's because of that beautiful thing sitting on top of your shoulders right now. Yep. And it's used for more than just growing hair in your head. (laughs) (laughs) You had to say that, didn't you? I did. Because mine stopped. Thank you. (laughs) If you don't know, yes, I don't have any hair on my head. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) So then there's the hypothalamic gland. Yes. Okay. The pituitary gland, a pea-sized organ located deep within the brain beneath the bridge of the nose, is sometimes referred to as the master gland. Master blaster. (laughs) Um, The thyroid, adrenals, ovaries, and testicles all release hormones into the body, which are controlled by the pituitary gland. Via its stalk and blood supply, it gets chemical um, signals from the hypothalamus. Yes. The hypothalamus is the one that's going, put it to the boner. Right? Every day. Right. Right. Like you, he seems to be in a really comfortable position. Get him hard. (laughs) Make him uncomfortable. middle class. Erect the statue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Puberty sucked. Anyway, thank you, hypothalamus. Yes. (laughs) Above the pituitary gland, the hypothalamus communicates chemical signals that regulate pituitary activity. It uh, controls hunger, uh, thirst, regulates body temperature, synchronizes sleep cycles, and contributes to some elements of memory and emotion. And now uh, you can, you know, some people have issues with their certain glands in their body, Mm -hmm. their glands, you know. So those are all kind of, uh, you know, attached to, you know, that beautiful thing in your head right now. and but it can cause weight issues yes you know there i mean it can cause blood issues uh uh, nervous issues things like that those glands do a lot and if you pay attention to those glands because you can actually feel Mm -hmm. some of them Mm -hmm. when they start to you know get bigger or hard or whatever guess what you're either sick or going to get sick. Yes. You know, so pay attention to your body, folks. That's it. Your, you, your body knows what the hell's going on. Yes. Okay. So pay attention. And we don't do that enough. No, we don't. Everyone's like, no, I'm fine. Really? Then why is that thing bulging out of your neck right now? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it has a face, dude. Like, if I, you know, go to the doctor. <laughs> it's literally saying his name is Brian. What the <laughs> fuck is going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Each hemisphere of the brain has an amygdala. Nope. Amygdala. Nope. Amygdala. Amygdala. That's what I said. Amygdala. <laughs> right? Is that it? Did I get it right? No. Am G Dela. It's it, it's Amy Amy G G lie Amagdala. <laughs> is that not it? No. What is it? Amygdala. Amygdala. That's what I said. Which is a small almond-shaped structure. Okay. Uh, the amygdala, which are part of the limbic system, control emotion and memory and are linked to the brain's reward system, stress, and the fight or flight reaction when someone senses a threat. Very important.
1: Kind of. I mean, a
0: <laughs> little bit. That's the reason that, like, you know, if you're in an accident, you put your hands up. It's the reason that if somebody has a gun, you go, oh, shit, I'm going to run instead of going, hey, what's that? You know, <laughs> I can see myself on the reflection. <laughs> That's a pretty gun. Yeah. <laughs> Then there's the hippocampus. And that's where hippos go to college. Anyway, I'm done here, folks. I'll see you later. <clears throat> <laughs> this like episode, dude. <laughs> the himpo- hippocampal formation is a bigger structure that includes the curved seahorse shaped hippocampus, which is located on the bottom of each temporal lobe. So that means it's not a hippo, it's a seahorse. So why would they call it a hippo then? Because seahorse, seahorse, <laughs> campus sounds <The> C- stupid. <laughs> <laughs> how's your seahorse the campus working I don't know feels more like a hippo I don't know <laughs> so it aids in learning memory navigation and spatial awareness it gets data from the cerebral cortex and could have an impact in Alzheimer's yes so these are things that they're kind of like dialing in on now with when it comes to these ailments and whatnot correct then these oh boy the pineal gluten yeah. glutton. Is glutton is it glutton? It's glutton glutton yes why'd you call it a glutton because you're a glutton for punishment oh boy So deep inside the brain, the pineal gland is connected to the third ventricle's top by a stalk. Melatonin, and I'm sure we've heard a lot about that recently because you can actually take pills Mm -hmm. to help you with that. A hormone secreted by the pineal gland in response to light and darkness controls circadian rhythms and the sleep-wake cycle. That's why you can actually go and buy... Um, melatonin, melatonin, whatever. Yeah, just supposed to help you sleep. Yeah, because sometimes you're, you know, the chemicals in your brain, the melatonin in your brain, it's not really working correctly. Mm-hmm. And it may be offset, so you go. And I've got some melatonin gummies upstairs. Yeah. that knock me out. Really? Oh man, dude! I've literally eaten half a jar of not these ones melatonin gummies, and they're like thirty or forty milligrams a piece. Not dude. these ones. I had literally half of one one time because I just could not fall asleep. Well, I have a different gummy I can give you. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, if you'd like to try that, I mean, I mean, it's not melatonin but it It starts with an M (laughs) kind of (laughs) it'll 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 well one of two things are going to happen either you're going to fall asleep or you're going to have the best night of your life so doesn't sound like a con in any way shape or form (laughs) it's not at all it's not so I got you anyway (laughs) yeah it's good stuff so then there's the oh boy cerebral spinal fluid and ventricles right there are four open spaces with connecting tunnels deep into the brain Yes. Okay. They go choo choo. (laughs) Hopefully, The (laughs) (laughs) nitrate's coming. Coming. Turn off. Turn off now. (laughs) They also have openings into the central spinal canal and the meningeal region below the arachnoid layer. uh, Cerebral spinal fluid, also known as CSF, like we talked about earlier, is produced by the ventricles and flows between the uh, meninges. I had it earlier. In in and around the ventricles and in and around the spinal cord. So the spinal cord and brain are encircled and cushioned by, as we said earlier, this fluid. Yes. Okay. Which also removes, again, the waste and pollutants. In which I did not know anything about. Yeah. I think that's it's actually kind of interesting. My uh, my uncle. That's why. Uh, if you ever heard of like a, a, a thing that's called a stunt. Yeah. Um, that's what stint. They put, a stint yeah, stint, yeah. So they put in, a stunt is what happens to your brain <laughs> when you fuck it up. <laughs> All right. But that's what they put inside, like the side of your neck. That's what helps with like either introducing the cerebrospinal fluid or excreting the cerebrospinal fluid that's been used. Oh yeah, for the ears. So like people that can't hear and like right. having issues with their hearing and they stuff like that. Stuff they put a, like a stint, stint in. in. Yeah, they do oh. the same thing. My, my uncle actually had that because when he was born, he actually Tony. Was born yeah, Tony, he was I, actually yeah. born without that. Um, that uh, the the exhaust pipe basically. He was born without that, so they actually had to go and surgery and put that in there and if you actually wanted to you can actually feel the pipe on him and every once in a while he'll feel backed up he actually has to push it to actually push the fluid through did you just tell me you you felt your uncle's pipe (laughs) <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the vertebral arteries and the car uh, carotid arteries, carotid carotid, I got that. Mm-hmm. Carotid mm-hmm. arteries are two groups of blood vessels that are deliver blood and oxygen to the brain. They're also very, very, very susceptible to you getting punctured and you bleeding the fuck out. Yes, and they're also used for erotic asphyxiation as well, too. Oh, yes. There's two I'm different learning a lot about you tonight. Jesus. Did Uncle Tony and his pipe teach you that? Like, what <laughs> like, the fuck's going on over here? <laughs> Jesus. You gotta be passed up this, buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Where's your carotid? Let me show you. It feels weird. Oh. Ow. You may feel your pulse when you touch the area with your fingertips because the external car- uh, carotid arteries run up the sides of your neck. Blood is pumped to the front of the brain by the internal uh, carotid arteries, which branch into the skull. Yeah. So whenever they go to like, check, you know, check and see if someone's pulse, whatever, which I guess now they do it down here on yeah, the wrist on or whatever. Wrists, yeah. But yeah, you can still feel it right there. Mm-hmm. That is a very important artery. You, very. Don't, you don't want to mess with it. The uh, 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 bacillar artery? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which carries blood to the back of the brain is formed when the, uh, the vertebral arteries, which follow the spinal column through the skull, come together at the brain stem. Yes. Okay. So these are n- more arteries that are just moving blood through your body. Yes. Your brain especially, because your brain, you need it. You got to have that, because if you stop having blood in your brain, you go to sleep. Lack of oxygen from the blood in your brain, you go night-night, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you might not wake up, mm-hmm. so let's just keep that working, folks, and okay. just stay tuned, man. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I, a uh, yeah, 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 it's, it's, oh boy. So circulating blood blood from the front uh, uh, to the back of the brain and facilitating communication between the arterial systems is the circle of Willis. Yes. (laughs) You got a Willie in your brain. Motherfucker. (laughs) The circle of Willis. What you talking about, Willis? That's all I'm hearing now. (laughs) A loop of blood vessels vessels towards the bottom of the brain that connects major arteries. And that is called the circle of Willis. Yes. That is amazing. And that's what Bruce Willis... (laughs) You ki motherfucker should have called it the diehard that'd be <laughs> yeah. amazing yeah so good all right so now the nerves in the head all right there are actually 12 cranial nerves often known as the dome of the skull inside the cranium now listen i know we have a lot of uh nurses or people in the medical field that listen to this mm-hmm. and if we get this wrong all hate mail goes to logan at the uh, minute train. that's right that's right. You sent it all over there. All I have to say is my mom and aunt are nurses. So if I got any of this wrong, blame them because they're the ones who taught me half the shit. <laughs> all right. So in our buddy, Dave. Yes. He's also a nurse. Yes. That's right. Yes. Hi, Dave. You nine fingered bastard. <laughs> all right. So one, the olfact- oh, I had it too. olfactory nerve. Very good. Right. Which is the first cranial nerve is responsible for. Yes, smell. That's why if you've ever had a feature of the c-word, you have a phantom olfactory response, which means that you smell boop, things boop, go that back. aren't there. A feature of the c-word. Yes, What's of that? the wood we do not talk about the disease that was plaguing us oh for two oh oh, years. oh oh i was like what yeah oh that thing that we so, can't say because we'll get flagged correct okay. yes if you had that some people's responses to that was a lack of smell and taste was made, mainly your taste is made up of smell um or you were smelling like different things that you shouldn't be smelling and so that got intercepted somehow that got intercepted from that disease to, is what they're thinking and that was called a phantom olfactory response okay and if you're not from if you don't know what we're talking about it rhymes with schmovid yeah right there it is yeah (laughs) schmovid (laughs) schmovid uh the optic nerve um guess what that controls um you're never mind you're gonna say penis (laughs) (laughs) penis. (laughs) in dudes yes it most definitely does no um it controls vision yes okay that's your optic nerve the whole boy oculomotor nerve arises from the region of the brainstem where the midbrain meets the pons and regulates pupil response and other movements of the eye. Yes. Okay. Also deals with love because apparently when your pupils dilate super big when you look at something you're you stoned. Means you love it. And you're stoned. Nothing out it's ten. Okay. I guess. The trochlear nerve regulates the eye muscles. It comes out of the back of the brainstem's midbrain region. Now, we're on number four. There's 12. So you have four nerves that work just your fucking eyes. Just your eyes. Yeah. All I'm saying, and you're, again, your eyes. A lot of we all we take everything for granted. Yeah, we, we really do. Yeah. When when they are magnificent creations, they are absolutely astounding. The fact that you can sit there right now and you can look at something and then just turn your, just go like this, blink your eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If something's bright, oh, all of a sudden you wince. You know what I mean? That's because of those nerves, and it's crazy. But the thing that drives me nuts is that we still can't see at night. And yet we have half of our brain's nerves <laughs> functioning on our eyes. Well, just saying. Not yet we can't. Ooh, hey, you'd like that. All right, come on, Elon. Then there's the trigeminal nerve. was pretty good, actually. I guess. Yeah. Which has both sensory and motor function. Uh, it's the largest and most complex of the cranial nerves. It comes from the pons and permits the chewing muscles to work, as well as transmitting feeling from the scalp, teeth, jaw, sinuses, which I'm dealing with a sinus shit right now. It sucks. <laughs> And other areas of the mouth and face to the brain. Okay, yes. so you have a nerve dedicated to basically your your face muscles. Yes, that's why if you ever like eat something sour and your whole head fucking hurts on the one side. Oh, that little thing right yeah, here. Yeah, in the back. The, oh, that's God. that nerve. Ah, oh, I hate it. Oh, like it sucks. It's like it, it feels like someone's stabbing you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, lemon heads are so good. So good. I don't care. <laughs> the oh boy. Oh, yeah, uh, even I don't know how to pronounce this one. Abdukins. Uh, Abdukin. <laughs> Is that what it is?
1: <laughs> it nope. sounds like it. Calm
0: down, Ryu. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> anyway, I'm that's, play Street Fighter yeah, that's for you Street Fighter fans out there. The abducens or uh, abducins, abducens, whatever. That nerve supplies portions of the eye muscles uh, of the muscles with uh, sensory information. So that's actually a fifth. That's a, a nerve. Five. Yeah. yeah. That's the fifth nerve of 12 in your brain yeah. and head. Yeah. The facial nerve supports glandular and other functions as well as face movement. Okay, mm-hmm. good luck. The uh, <laughs> the vestibulocular nerve. That was pretty good, actually. That was a big motherfucking word. Thank you. <laughs> it aids with balance and hearing. So, oh yeah, because that's got to be like you know, like for your inner ear stuff. Because your Correct. inner ear gets messed up, your balance gets way out of whack. That's the like I haven't been able to hear for over a month since India. Damn, really? My right ear is still messed up, dude. And I'm like, I'll walk and all of a sudden just bump into something that's not even, like, I'm like, where'd that tree come from? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird. That's yeah. really weird. I'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man, this one's even bigger. Uh, the glossopharyngeal. Nope. Glossopharyngeal. Ah, fuck. The glossopharyngeal. Say it again. The glossopharyngeal nerve. That one is responsible for various tasks, including taste and um, ear and throat movement. Yes, that what makes you swallow. Yes. So without that, and makes your ears the little floppy, floppy thingy that what's this face alfalfa does. I can I can make my ears move. Wait, really? Yeah. I, I can, can kind of make the one go up. That's about it. Yeah. I can make them. Can you do your your nostrils, like that? Do your eyebrows? Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. That's where yeah, you I got. got that from, right? I, yeah, 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 yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> See the vagus nerve. Um, basically it just allows you to go in and win when you go to the casinos, right? No, the, it's the vagus nerve, meaning it's super vague because it controls practically everything. Oh yeah. It's the vaguest nerve. Get it? The vaguest nerve. Come on. The casino one was way better. Come on. (laughs) So anyway, that nerve actually regulates the heart, throat, and digestive system's motor activity in addition to providing sensation to the area around the ear and the digestive system. Wait, wait, what? So I'm saying it's the vaguest nerve. Why? It makes no sense. So it regulates the heart. Okay, that's super important. Yeah. Throat, yes, you have to swallow. Mm -hmm. Digestive system, super big. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to providing sensation to the area around the ear. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, when your ears get super warm or whatever out of nowhere, it's, like, something to do with your digestive system. Like, they interlock between the two. Like, it lets you know, like, hey, I'm done eating, so my ears are warm now. Or you ate something bad, maybe? Something like that, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. What? Your what? body's crazy, man. There's so many flicks. I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Uh, the uh, axillary nerve provides uh, <laughs> certain head, neck, and shoulder muscles with nerve supply. Yes. Okay. And then there's the tongue's motor function. Mm-hmm. That's right, ladies. You should like this one. And men, I guess. I mean, we should all like it, to be honest with you. Yeah. It is supplied by the hypoglossal nerve. So, you have five nerves that control your eyes. You have... Well, hold on. There's 12 total. So, that means there's seven other nerves. So, that means that there's six other nerves that control every other part of your body. Then you have one nerve dedicated to just your tongue, baby. I woke up with one nerve and damn if you ain't on it. (laughs) But it's crazy, though. It really yeah, is how really how, is. how the body is just it constructed, it and and how we've. If you believe in you know evolution mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever you may believe out there, folks, or if you believe that a divine you know person or, or, or entity created, who wh- whatever you believe, Galactus, it, it galactic. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you believe, it's insane. It is. I mean, it, it, you really have to just sit back and just take a, a take a. A back seat and look at your body and your brain and like your internal organs. It's the way we're constructed. It's insane that that we're walking around and we have gravity on this planet and we're not floating off into space, but our bones aren't collapsing and the way our bones are set up. And like we are a, 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 we're like the Lego kit from hell. Would you say that's insane in the membrane? (laughs) Insane in the brain. (laughs) Sorry. The rest of the episode. Thank you for doing that. I get on a tangent sometimes because like for real, like we are. God, we we were just we we're amazing, amazing creatures. We are okay. And like all creatures are amazing because they all have their own whatever. But as far as like the human being, uh, you know, the human person, yeah. is concerned, and the way we're uh, configured, it's it's insane. It's, it's baffling. It's there's so nothing, baffling. There is nothing on the planet that is similar to us. Not on this planet. No. Hey-oh! So the brain stem, which consists of the midbrain, pons, and medulla, as well as the first two cranial nerves, is where the other ten cranial nerves come from. Yes. Yeah, so if you didn't know that, I had to put that back in there just because sometimes you... So wait, you already said that once? I, did, I, I pretty much <laughs> The whole episode. I didn't even pay attention to that. So that's Logan at Gmail. No, I'm sorry. So now we know the basics of the brain. Now what happens when there are parts that aren't, uh, you know, just aren't really working right? do we get enhanced mutations that turn us into x-men god to be amazing dude i would kill what w- okay we're gonna just and i want to know what your wolverine like, already said passengers it. no i want to know what your mutation would be like if you could have any x-men mutation regeneration regeneration i would want to be like a starfish so you just like get shot and be, just heal yeah that's I a dead i cut off a finger Another one of me spawns up right next to me. Wolverine, a hundred, like all those guys. Okay, so that that be yours? Hey man, I'm not called Logan for nothing. Okay, I'm just saying. Mine would be. I have no idea, dude. Because <laughs> if you think about it, regeneration. I have no idea. You have practically immortality because your body has a inherent genetic code that destroys itself after a certain point. Okay, so if you're constantly regenerating, that means you're constantly getting rid of that generic the genetic code that wants to right. kill itself so you live practically forever right so you you'd get be okay hurt. with watching the people that you love die that would suck but i've seen so much death in my life that honestly yeah but i feel it like it could sucks. get worse it definitely can you'd be eating. i don't want to bury my own kid that's what i'm saying or my grandkids it, yeah or my great-grandkids yeah exactly yeah well, but, but at that point it's like eh <laughs> but after <laughs> grandkids unfo- you're like unfortunately <laughs> yeah you get to that point you're like well i've already done one and well? no, i don't mean it in, like negative no. i'm saying like if if you had to deal with that and then you're already prepared for the next one yeah and it, it's still, that, it sucks. That would suck. I but just, at the end of the day. It's like if, vampires. If I'm able to help the people around me, why the fuck not? I mean, I guess. I don't know, dude, I, I think, think mine vampire- would be the ability to create whiskey at any point. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> to turn water into whiskey. That's my genetic mutation. So we wouldn't call you, Jesus, we would call you Jonathan. Oh my God, that makes sense. <laughs> there it is, folks. Yep, yep. You've heard it here that's right that's right that's what I would do I would just walk around and be like hey nice water bloop yeah <laughs> you like that you should go to a triathlon <laughs> <laughs> everyone's running by trying I'm like ha <laughs> <laughs> ha dipping my finger in every water that goes by they're like <laughs> 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 oh, my God, that'd be yeah. amazing. <laughs> you know, I would just mess with people the entire time. It's, so, it's great, but it's but it's twofold. Yes. You know, it's twofold. Because now you're happy, but right. also pissed off. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually, can I have two of them? Can I also have, like, a regenerating liver? Can yeah, I just that'd have be, that? That'd be, we technically already do have a regenerating liver. Yeah, but if I'm drinking that much whiskey, <laughs> it better work harder. You know what I mean? All right, so anyway. So, does the evil side of us, does it become more prevalent? Mm-hmm. All right. Is there an evil side of us? Maybe it just gives us the right push into wanting to make a podcast. Hey, hey. that's what the brain does. Alas, all we can do is speculate. Ooh. Yes. Not yeah. propagate. Propagate, no. but speculate. Postulate. 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 Is that the word you were looking for? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Much like how brain scans in over 800 prisoners... Show that there might be something that links them all together. Huh. Yeah, huh. Huh. and this is this goes to the whole nature versus nurture thing with hmm. serial killers and things like that. Okay, so the brains of murderers look different from those of people convicted of other crimes. Differences that could be linked to how the process, uh, you know, they process. Should I say empathy and morality? Okay, right. how you or I, or who everyone listening right now, okay. you you may, well listen, and again. If you don't, that's that thing between your noodle mm-hmm. that's telling you that, okay, that person, I don't like them, and I'm going to go and do something. So, with right. me and you, and hopefully those that listen, um, we have that sense of everybody that's listening and everyone in the world at one point in time has thought about killing someone. 100%. Okay? You have. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, you know, sitting around and just going, oh, I'm going to plot the demise. I mean, if you're driving on the road... And you just thought, hey, I'm going to veer a little to the right. Well, no, I'm saying you're driving on the road, and some douchebag, Mm -hmm. you know, with his freaking little nut thing hanging off the back of his truck, comes flying around you, and then all of a sudden cuts you off. Whatever the case may be, you've thought about, man, I'd like to kill them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You've thought about it. Now, the difference between thinking about it and doing it is exactly what we're talking about right now. It separates the men from the beast or woman. Yeah, I mean... Really, it does. Yeah, I mean... I Because mean, when it comes to the beast, the beast does what it wants. It do what it do. It does what it do. Right. Betty Boo. So examining brain scans of more than 800 incarcerated men, new research uh, co-authored by uh, a leading University of Chicago neuroscientist found that individuals who had committed or attempted homicide had reduced gray matter when compared to those involved in other offenses. So, now, I don't mean this in a funny way, But I kind of do the denser your brain, the less likely you are to kill someone. So if you're more dense, it means you're probably not going to kill someone. Just take that into to thought. Well, yeah, because the gray matter is the dense part. Correct. So if if you have less of that, then yes, your brain is less dense. Therefore, you are more susceptible to having those thoughts, I guess, is what this is saying. acting on those thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Those reductions were especially apparent in regions of the brain associated with emotional processing, behavioral control, and social cognition. So, quote, more gray matter means more cells, neurons, and glia. And this is from Gene uh, uh, Decidi? Decidi. 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 <laughs> Decidi. Decidi. <laughs> Decidi. Whoa. Decidi. 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 That's her name now. Decidi. <laughs> Or guy, I don't know what it is. The Irving B. Harris uh, Harris Distinguished Service Professor in Psychology and Psychiatry. Oh, Jesus, what a title! That's her fucking title. Hold on, her title is the Irving B. Harris Distinguished Service Professor in Psychology and Psych Psy- <laughs> Psychiatry at U Chicago. That's that's a big name tag. That's so big. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's going across her chest and on her back. Yeah. Noting differences in the uh, orbital frontal cortex and anterior temporal lobes of the brain. Quote, that's what you need to make computations to process information, whether it's emotional information that you use to feel empathy for some, uh, someone else or information that you use to control your behavior to suppress your tendencies to react. It's a guy, actually. I, I don't know why I say It that. is a guy? It is a guy. So it's Jean... Jean. Jean de Cadet. De, Cadet. de Cade. I smoke a cigarette and give it to a baby and talk about the brain. (laughs) Oh, you don't like it? Guess what? I am the Irving B. Harris Distinguished Service Professor in Psychology and Psychiatry at UChicago. I'm sorry, but how are you able to do that in a fucking French accent? I, I don't know. <laughs> that I don't was know. amazing. Sometimes things are good. Sometimes. <laughs> <That was awesome. laughs> so, Decady or Dicity or uh, Jean here, um, a pioneering researcher in the cognitive neuroscience of moral reasoning and social decision making, has studied both psy- uh, psychopathy and the moral development of of young children. Okay, which it's a big thing nowadays. His long-standing partnership with neurologist Kent Keel of the University of New Mexico, who also assists in overseeing the nonprofit mind research network, has produced this groundbreaking study. Okay. And again, this is a debate, and we we've got I've said it so many times. It's yeah. that nature versus nurture thing. But if we now have a little bit more of an inkling going, okay, it is it is nature. Yeah. But nurture has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So if nature is saying that there is,
1: you got a little hiccup,
0: yeah. But then all of a sudden you're having these badass, you know, you know, uh, upbringing as a child or whatever, It's just gonna take it and make it worse, right? You know, um, I listen. I wanted to sit down at one point in time. Sorry to derail on this one. Um, I wanted to sit down at one point in time because I, I, I read some things that made me kind of just go, okay. Um, I think that the capacity to murder is genetic okay mm-hmm. it's it's like there's a genetic marker in your body and I would love for them to do some sort of like DNA thing or whatever to see if you can actually find, I'm sure they probably have yeah I don't know if I've, I've whatever but man I'm telling you right now I think there's some sort of a there's a thing there but then there's anomalies in everything there's people that grow up with like the greatest families in the world uh, yeah and then they end up murdering the people that raise them yeah you know what I mean it's just, it's, it's crazy. But guess what? Again, that thing sitting in between, right right behind your eyebrows, that's what's doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, the brain is so awesome. Anyway, sorry. I love this. I love this episode. I'm so excited. I've been wanting to do this one forever. I hope I did it right. So, so far, so good, my son. Thanks. Yeah. So this research spans eight prisons in two states and more than 10 years of data uh, data collection, according to Keel. So, quote the results are truly astounding, and we are privileged to present the largest sample of its sort in the world. I mean, that, that's yeah, it's nuts to me. Uh, the new research was based on structural MRI scans of the brains of men incarcerated in Wisconsin, uh, incarcerated, sorry, in Wisconsin and New Mexico that the researchers had acquired from earlier investigations, and was published in the uh, the journal. Uh, I almost said Brian, <laughs> brain imaging and behavior. These groups were formed by dividing the participants, all right? So they divided these these folks up, these guys. 130 people involved in nonviolent or minimally violent crimes, Mm -hmm. okay? 203 people who were found guilty of or self-reported a homicide or homicide attempt. And then 475 people who had committed aggravated battery assault, armed robbery, or other violent crimes. Okay, pretty big, right? Uh, except, don't you feel like uh, out of all that though? You, to me, you can't really you can't dignify um, um, murder and by lumping it in with like other violent crimes. I feel like murder's like the that's the top, that's the big one, right? So in this one, it says that two hundred three people who were found guilty of of or self reported a homicide or homicide attempt. There's a big difference between attempting it and doing it. In my yeah. opinion, you yeah, know what I mean? Guess, yeah, yeah. But whatever, we'll, we'll go on with the story. Okay. <laughs> so, the accomplice group was not included in the study, nor were individuals whose uh, criminal histories or court records suggested a high likelihood of accidental death. Okay, let's take the accidental ones out. Although the brains of murderers have been the subject of prior neuroimaging studies, this is the first study to employ such a large sample and account for variables like psychosis. Excluding people who have experienced brain injuries or psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia. Okay, so they're basically saying, okay, we have our 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 main group right here, and they don't have any kind of like mental, at least pre screened. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't have any of that or any injuries to the brain, right? Right, because you gotta because that happens a lot. I mean, and we've talked about it before. There's a lot of these. Murderers and stuff that's like, oh, why did he kill everyone? I don't know. He's been lumped in his head 15 times. Yeah, <laughs> right. Obviously, something happened to his medulla. Blah, blah, blah. So, quote, more gray matter means more cells. All right. So, and glia. That, 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 is that what you had yeah, that again in there? Yeah, but it's a it's a more thorough quote. Now. All right. And that's what ne- you need to make computations and to process information. Right. So the more cells, the better computations you can make. Right. So, the less, meaning you're not really able to decipher you think of what's going on right now and not what's going to happen 10 steps ahead. Ah, uh, yeah. In addition to uh, D'Sidi and Keel, the study's first author Ashley Sages-Turner, a post-bachelorette. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Is it a bachelorette? Bachelorette, yeah. Bachelorette. What, what the There's so many fucking extra letters in then. I don't know why they a did that. Bac- but bac- it. it's a bachelorette. Is that someone getting their bachelor? That's someone getting their back blown out. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so a student at the university of new mexico and michael konings a researcher at the university of wisconsin or uh, wisconsin are also contributors to this okay We're, so you've got multiple people working on this the researchers do point out that the, uh, they lack sufficient data to establish a link between decreased gray matter and homicide right so they only have 800 people that they've done this on right out of the how many billion people are on this planet Basically, so they have a very, very small minutia of data that they are linking towards this. That is saying that not having as much gray matter is making these people more predisposed to want to commit horrendous crimes. But they don't have so enough of a they don't have enough of a data collection to say like, the focus group on this right. is not large enough. Right, it's only 800 people. Yeah, like, but I mean, if you if you're listen, if your data comes back and it's like quantifying what you're saying right then it kind of makes sense which the rest of this article basically states like yeah even though we don't have much to go on we have enough to go on basically right so the purpose of ongoing study by keel and uh decidi damn it is uh to ascertain whether the brain areas found in the sample are predictive of future homicidal conduct in a large sample of ultra high risk males who are now in their mid-20s the researchers believe that this effort will aid in determining whether or not the results are casual. Right. Right? So since there isn't a direct link, then that can't be accurate. Right? That mm. can't be. I mean, there's no real like we don't really have a direct there's no they even said right there, like we have a small little, you know, a nugget of information. Right. So or or could it? I mean, could it be? What if you were a doctor or a leading scientist trying to link the brain and criminals' minds together only to find out that, uh, well, you actually had a brain similar to those criminals? Mm -hmm. And this is amazing, by the way. Yeah. I actually know a lot about this. Yeah. So strap on because, yeah, what would you do if you, you, passenger, if you're sitting around and you're like, you know, you're wondering, I wonder how we could link this together. And then all of a sudden you did a test and that test goes, guess what? You are a psycho. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) What? I thought I was normal. (laughs) Yeah. So one afternoon in October of 2005, neuroscientist James Fallon was looking at brain scans of serial killers. Not Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, it's his uh, brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. As part of a research project at UC Irvine, he was sifting through thousands of PET scans to find anatomical patterns in the brain that correlated with uh, psychopathic tendencies in the real world. Yeah. Sounds fun to me. I think so. I would be in. Quote, I was looking at many scans, uh, scans of murderers mixed in with schizophrenics, depresses, and other uh, normal brains. Okay, so like he was looking at everything. Uh, quote, out of serendipity, I was also doing a study on Alzheimer's and as part of that had brain scans from me and everyone in my family right on my desk. So he was kind of looking at these scans of all these serial killers and looking at scans of his family and trying to see if uh, there's predictive uh, accounts of Um, Alzheimer's, right, in his family, okay. A quote, I got to the bottom of the stack and saw this scan that was obviously pathological. Uh, He says, noting that it showed low activity in certain areas of the frontal and temporal lobes linked to empathy, morality, and self-control. Knowing that it belonged to a member of his family, uh, old Jimmy Fallon here, checked his lab's PET machine for an error. He was like, wait, this can't be right. And of course it was working perfectly fine. And then he decided he simply had to break the, the blinding that prevented him from knowing whose brain was pictured. He's like, I have to figure this out. Right. So at first he goes, wait a minute, this can't be right. Yep. He's like, uh, something's wrong with the machine. He goes and looks at it. He's like, man, it's not the machine. And he's like, mm, okay, I got to see who this is. All it's right, it's, it's got to be my mother-in-law. It has <laughs> to be. It has to be. That bitch is crazy. <laughs> so when he looked up the code, he was greeted by an unsettling revelation. The psychopathic brain pictured in the scan. Yeah, it was his. Kind of changes your la- outlook a little bit. Just a little bit. Yep. So many of us would hide the discovery and never tell anyone. Mm. Out of fear or embarrassment of being labeled a fucking psychopath. Yeah, right? a little bit. Perhaps because boldness and dis. Oh boy, disinhibition. Wow. You're welcome. Our noted psychopathic tendencies. Uh Fallon, old Jimmy here, has gone all in, in towards the all in, should I say, towards the opposite direction, telling the world about his finding in a TED talk, an NPR interview and now a new book published published last month, um The Psychopath Inside. So instead of hiding this and being like, I'm not gonna tell anybody about this, he said, I'm gonna tell the whole world about this. And then I like mustard. <laughs> I like mustard. Mm-hmm. And I like killing folk. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's called Sling Blade. Mm. I like the way you talk. Sorry. I like, like your pretty mouth. Now that's different. That's different. That's different. He doesn't do that. So <laughs> it's different. That's totally different. Can you imagine? You sure got a pretty mouth. That's what I was it works. Yeah, see, oh God! Oh God! A trucker now. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> so in this book, the Psychopath Inside, uh, Fallon. Seeks to reconcile how he, a happily married family man, could demonstrate the same anatomical patterns that mark the minds of serial killers. Hey, okay, listen, Ryan Reynolds was a happy family man before he did fucking the fucking one movie. Fuck is that movie? Green Lantern. No, god damn it. I just lost it. I don't think that's a movie. Oh! <laughs> Nor that. The, the fucking Massacre one, where it was a remake. Amityville. Yes. Yeah. God, that joke sounded a hell of a lot better, but. Yeah, you fucked it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> deleted. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) So now, okay, so thinking about this, though, as as he's going through, and obviously we'll go through the rest of the story here, though, but if you're doing the research on this, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to correlate people's brains with being, you know, psychopaths and or serial killers, whatever, and then all of a sudden you stumble upon yours, does that completely annihilate your hypothesis? So, yes and no. Or, do you immediately go, I might kill someone. If I was going down the same path as these guys, now you're looking at this is the nature. So the nature of your personality is saying, okay, because I have this precognition, I am going to automatically ascertain the fact that I want to do this if I'm led down a path that enables me to do so. So it's more of a nurture Now that you know, you can kind of like... Help it. Stop it! If it if it like rears right. up. If so it this guy up. in particular had a pretty well upbringing. From all the research that I did on him, he had a pretty well up, well rounded upbringing, where he wasn't really wanting to do that, but he still has that predisposed cognition, whatever you want to call it, because of his brain. It's not the the aptitude is right. there, like the the capability, should I say, right. right? But he's never had the want or need to do that, right? Well, as he says, "quote I've never killed anybody or raped anyone." Uh, so the first thing I thought was that maybe my hypothesis was wrong and that these brain areas are not reflective of psychopathy or murderous behavior. All right. But when he underwent a series of genetic tests, he got to even more bad news. Quote, I had all these ri- a high risk um, alleles for aggression, violence and low empathy, which is <laughs> fucked up. And he says this as such a variant of the MAOA gene that has been linked with aggressive behavior. Eventually, based on further neurological and behavioral research into psychopathy, he decided he was indeed a fucking psychopath. Just relatively good, you know, a good kind, and uh, (laughs) what he and others call a pro-social psychopath. Someone who has difficulty feeling true empathy for others, but still keeps his behavior within socially acceptable bounds. So he is a legitimate psychopath at heart, but because he knows this now, now he's working even harder to want to not be a psychopath. But does it, okay. Um, mm, yes. Yeah, but does that make it okay? Right. From a, from um, a society standpoint, you know what I mean? Like, is, is that okay? The whole point of this whole test was to determine a potential psychopath or homicidal maniac, whatever you want to go down, at an earlier age. But now there's that variable that's like, well, I have that same predisposition, but I haven't murdered anyone yet. But see, that's my point, though. The last word you said, that statement... Yet. Yet. (laughs) and I mean, if you are genetically again, I I was talking about this earlier, genetically and neurologically predisposed to be a a psychopath. What's stopping you? Well, not so much what's stopping you, but from a societal standpoint, do we just allow that person to stay there or do we take precautions or do we shun them completely?
1: Or you know do what I mean? give
0: them more attention? And then now, because we're giving them more attention, the other factor is not getting as much of attention. And yeah, it's, now, that's, it's, it's that's rough. A, it's a very that's, rough stuff Yeah, that's to crazy. Go that's absolutely crazy. And I would love to know what you guys think about that. I would like to see if you guys, you know, if you had something that popped up that's like, hey, guess what? You could be a psychopath. Not even could. The tests show <laughs> that you are a psychopath. <laughs> you are a psychopath. Even though you've never done anything, you could be the greatest person in the world, but then all of a sudden you get this thing and it's like, wait a minute. Do you immediately think to yourself and you question everything you do? That's like that's like saying if like Gandhi or Buddha, if you were to take their so-called answers and put them in the same exact test that they made for this particular genome basically and they got the same answers out that they were considered a psychopath, would that reflect your morality at that point? You know what I mean? Would it change everything? That's a pretty big fucking if. We'll take it on. Like, you, okay. If you could DNA test Jesus, would that change everybody, you know, everyone who follows, you know, that, that yeah. faith, would that change their outlook or, you know, and or if it does, in what way? Maybe respect them a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> I, I feel like it could be, it could be either way. You know it know really I mean? could. It really Man, could. Man, it's such a weird, like. Like, the, the the variation between that and, like, what could and could not be is so severe. Now, my only question is, though, when it comes to that, though, is what has changed between a long time ago and now, like, for our brains to develop into that? Like, was there a chemical that was introduced? Was it just life or is it a mutation? because it's a mutation, then we can kind of go in and be like, okay, this is what that gene is that's mutating that portion of our brain to have less gray matter to be more predisposed to erotic, uh, not erotic. Um. Wow. <laughs> Where are you at today? <laughs> um, but uh, To have more of it's that... The uh, stunt, it's the stent, right? It's a stint. So it gets you, the pipe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, like if there was a mutation that came a long way that made us want to be like that, like, is there a way that we can kind of stop it or change it along the way? You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you a question real quick. And, and I'll ask the listeners as well, too, because I don't know and I haven't done the research on this. But yeah. like, so obviously we, we've we discussed several uh, serial killers. We do the F that guy series on on men and women who have done deplorable things or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and me being a true crime nerd, I know a lot about it. How come or how come? Why have we not heard about serial killers from like in the age of, say, Jesus or in any kind of historical um, documents or anything? Why have we not ever heard about somebody that was, you know, going around and just murdering people? Because if there was any records of it, which there probably wasn't because they were just. But there's records of everything else. To an, why are, to an extent, there's well, a lot yeah. of records that are missing. But I mean, if you but, think about it, there, there's I mean, there's records out there of a lot. Okay, but if that was the norm of that time, where people just went around and like, hey, I don't like you, I'm gonna bash you head, head in with a rock, like I mean, even in the Bible, there was cases of where a certain person did very deplorable things. Oh yeah, things. no, there, there was there's bad stuff with the brothers and stuff too. Yeah. like in that, I don't know I mean, yeah. a whole bunch about it, but yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that you've never up until. Oh, okay. So, uh, up until... I'm trying to think. Obviously, everyone knows about, like, you know, Jack the Ripper and H.H. Holmes and stuff like that. And, obviously, documentation became a lot more steadily done. But there's been documentation for years. Thousands of years before that. Why has no one ever, like, said, like, this person in our village... Let's just say it's a village because it's small back then, right? Right. The, the, The world itself was less populated. And yet, we don't hear about... That uh, you know th- that anomaly or these, these these individuals murdering people in a serial way. Maybe we do, but we just don't know that that's what that was being done. Maybe we thought it was supernatural. That to me sounds like a bonus episode. It's really fucking does. For real. And now we're gonna we're gonna dive into <laughs> that for sure. But it's bonus. So if you want to know what we find out about, you got to sign up and become a Patreon subscriber. And for are you Patreon first class passenger poopers? I'm we'll still calling there. you that. You guys know what's up. So now let's talk about a couple other, uh, a few other um, little tests, shall we say, Mm. that have been done on the brain. Right? (coughs) Yeah, we'll call them that. (coughs) Okay. So first of all, we have Harlow's Pit of Despair. That alone does not sound fun. Yeah, I believe it's, uh, you know, uh, an album from Demi Burger. (laughs) From who? Demi Burger. Demi Burger? Demi Burger. Oh. Anyway, so in the 1960s, uh, psychologist Harry Harlow conducted a number of studies to investigate the significant influences that attachment and love have on healthy development. Young rhesus monkeys, aren't those the ones that gave the... (laughs) They were separated from their mothers and prevented from associating with other monkeys during these tests by Harlow. The outcomes were equally devastating as the tests were frequently shockingly harsh. In other studies, young monkeys were taken away from their biological mothers and uh, reared by wire moms. So I guess fake moms, whatever you want to call them. A surrogate mother was entirely um, composed of wire. It's weird. It gave food, but it didn't give softness or comfort. Oh, that's so sad. It's like having a robot as a mom. Yeah, yeah. here's your food. Completely just emotionless. But there's no yeah, no warmth, no nothing. The other surrogate mother provided some level of comfort to the baby monkeys because she was made of wire and cloth. So Mm -hmm. she wasn't as hard and, you know, just structurally just, So they're taking a physical attribution to that. Harlow discovered that while the monkeys chose the soft fabric mother for comfort, even while they favored the wire mother for food. Okay. So in several of Harlow's tests, the newborn monkey was sequestered in what he called a pit of despair. In essence, this was an isolation room. For up to 10 weeks, young monkeys were housed in the isolation chambers. For up to a year, other monkeys were kept apart. The young monkeys would start to congregate in the chamber's corner and stay still in just a few days. So messed up. Mm -hmm. The unpleasant experiments conducted by Harlow produced monkeys, uh, his monkeys, should I say, produced monkeys, with significant mental and social disorders. Shocker. They were unable to play with other monkeys because they lacked social skills. They were unable to engage in typical sexual activities as well. So Harlow created yet another horrible contraption he called, ready for this, a rape rack. Yep, that's what it's called. Fuck you, Harlow. To reproduce, the solitary monkeys were restrained in a mate position and a. Of course, it should come as no surprise that the solitary monkeys failed to care for their young, mistreating and ignoring them. In 1985, the American Psychological Association set guidelines on how to handle humans and animals during research, which effectively put an end to piece of shit Harlow's experiments. Yeah, that's worse than Pavlo. And if you know anything about Pavlo. Pavlo's dog, yeah. 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 And it's not dog, it's dogs. Dog, dog. Dogs. You like dogs. I like dags. <laughs> you like dags. Oh, I like dags. Yeah, I like dogs. <laughs> so that, that's messed up, man. it's, fucking, it, it's it gets so you are worse. literally rewiring a a and, and look, okay, they're monkeys, mm-hmm. okay, and not to negate monkeys, and they're a living creature. Yeah, you are rewiring how they work, and I hate to even use the word wiring because of the the, the wire mothers or whatever they call yeah. them. But you 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 you're transfixing. You're, uh, I guess, just the way that they are, um, they're brought up. Yeah. And you're changing them to the point where, and, and then that the whole rape rack thing, like, come on, dude, like, that's just too much. But you're, you're changing what they're, you know, the familiarity and generationally how they are born, bred, and, and yeah. whatever. And I, what exactly do you think his, his point of it was? Me, I think it was a... It, it's the social upbringing I guess if you had or were put into a situation where you did not have a warm nurturing mother or parental figure that distinguishing that would allow you to f- to figure out future outcomes i guess is kind of where he was going from was like if you didn't have a nurturing if you didn't have that nurture n- portion of your life that you were going to end up as x y and z okay well yeah well he definitely got the answer yeah, he proved it yeah so then the next one on our list, mm-hmm. this is Milgram's Shocking Obedience Experiments. That sounds fun. <laughs> so would you do it if someone asked you to shock a person painfully and possibly fatally? And would you? Would you? Mm, I don't know. I put you in a room right now. And there's a button. I, and I asked you to kill one person. You wouldn't know who it was, but I give you a million dollars to do it. Would you was do my it? life or someone I, I loved on the line? It's one random person. Just one random person in the world that's it no i would not do that would not no there's no no why why i mean somebody innocent could be you know what i mean i I mean no there's no way there's actually a a movie about that if they put a gun against my head and they were like listen if you don't do this i'm going to splatter your brains against the wall then yes i probably would and the answer to that question is like 99.9 percent of the time that's exactly what would happen yeah or, or if they, like, threatened somebody I loved or whatever, and they said you had to do this or whatever. But here's the fucked up part is that, and I don't know, you said there was a movie about this, but what if that random person happens to be the person you love? That's what the fucking movie's about. Is it really? Yeah. That's oh, my God. Up. I want to say it's Samuel L. Jackson who does it, too. He's the guy who walks in with a briefcase, puts it on the counter, and was like, press this button, and if you do, I'll give you a million dollars, but one random person dies. And that one random person just happened to be her husband. <gasps> oh. The fucking movie's oh, no. amazing. I don't know what the fuck it's called. I want to think it's called The Box. I think it's called The Box. Oh, that's so scary. Oh, I got to look it up scary. now. Hold on while you're doing the rest of the Oh, story, I wouldn't do it. So the vast majority of us would assert that we would never act in such a manner. Yet a contentious psychology experiment called into question this fundamental presumption. In order to better understand the nature, uh, nature of obedience. Did you find it? I'm so good. It is called The Box. Is it with Sam Jackson? It's with Cameron Diaz, James Marsden, um, but I don't think it's uh, 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 Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know who the guy was that walked in with The Box. Wait, is that Ethan Hawke in that? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later. Don't, don't tweet us or message us. We'll figure it out. Anyway. So, this is a, uh, a social scientist, or so the social scientist, Stanley Milgram, ran a number of experiments, okay? Mm-hmm. According to Milgram's theory, people will frequently go to tremendous links, and occasionally dangerous, even immoral ones, to obey an authoritative person. We've seen that through history. Yeah. There's been quite a few things, like the uh, the, the college students... They had to go in and either be the, uh, the prison guard or the prison guard. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's, we, we will do an episode on that one for sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, It's messed up. So in Milgram's experiment, participants were instructed to shock a different person with electrical shocks that got stronger as they went along. The subjects were completely convinced that the other person was truly surprised, even though the person in question was just pretending. Mm Mm-hmm. Starting at 30 volts, the voltage levels rose in a 15-volt step. Oh, my God. Eventually, that shit's going to hurt. Yeah. Reaching 450 volts. Okay. The labels for the switches also include the words slight shock, medium shock, and danger, severe shock. A menacing triple X served as uh, the only indication of the maximum maximum shock level. Wait, you mean Ice Cube and or Vin Diesel walked in and was like, I'm going to shock this motherfucker. (laughs) Is that the triple X (laughs) thing? Yeah. Do you feel better? (laughs) I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. A little bit. No, literally, I'm glad. (laughs) So the experiment's findings were nothing short of astounding. Many volunteers were eager to, eager, eager, hear that, eager to shock the mock victim as much as possible, even if they were pleading for the release or complaining of a heart issue. That goes to show that people can be very cruel. They can, and we know this. I mean, at this, it's it's one of those things. It's like if you were brought into a room and we're like, "Here, I'll give you five hundred bucks for every time you press that button," but you don't know the outcome of that button. It could either kill someone, it could shock them, it could give them five hundred bucks. You don't know, but like nine times out of ten, you are gonna get that one person who's gonna go. And just rapid fire that shit. And, and so that is, that's what I'm saying. That goes to show that person's mental capability. Because yeah. me, the second you said it could kill someone, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. It doesn't matter if it was like it could kill every pedophile in the world or it could kill an innocent mother. You know what I mean? I, I can't do that. I could not even remotely take that chance that I could kill somebody innocent. You know what I mean? I could never do that. Now... If you said every time you hit this, you get 500 bucks for killing every pedophile, I'd be like, (laughs) 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 hitting it with my elbow. (laughs) Here's the devil's advocate portion of that, though, What is classified as a pedophile, someone who takes an indulgence in an underage person. What if you're an 18 year old male who took an asphyxiation into a 17 year old female? and they were brought up on charges from their parents. He mm-hmm. killed an 18-year-old male who was fixated on a 17-year-old female. Yeah, all right, all right. But classified right. as a pedophile, All though. right, yeah. You see I what I mean? I get, I get it. I mean, there, there are there circumstances are involved in areas, stuff. Yeah, there are And it has... that That's happened a lot. A lot. It's happened a lot. You know, parents will press charges against somebody. I mean, yeah. you've got a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old. You'd be Man. surprised, as a as a corrections officer, I saw that more often than not. So can we, like, put a preface on that? The, like... Legit pedophiles. Yes, like, like old dudes that like little kids. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> i have be playing drums on that button. Some death metal dragon yes. force.
1: Yes. The whole time?
0: The whole time. Bye. <laughs> How much I got now? Five dollars. So, <laughs> yeah. so the next one here is a Zimbardo simulated prison experiment. Mm. Stanley Milgram and psychologist Philip Zimbardo attended the same high school. So Milgram, we talked about him a second ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that guy. All right, and Zimbardo was interested in the role that environmental factors play in social conduct. In the Stanford University psychology department's basement, he built up a mimic prison as, uh, for his well known and contentious experiment. This is what we're, what we're just talking about. Damn it. You're welcome. Even then, participants were allocated to uh, random uh, or at random to either be guards or convicts. And if you haven't heard of this story before, like literally, so this professor was like, I have an idea. And he goes and he sets it up and he's going to get students to come in and they're going to, you know, want to be a part of the experiment and randomly it's like, you are a guard. Mm-hmm. You are a, um, if anybody watches American dad, they did an episode on this like two seasons ago. The exact same thing. Really? The exact same thing. I don't watch thing. that show. Yeah, really? Sorry. Yeah. I don't watch it. Yeah. <sighs> sorry. So the prison warden was of course, Zimbardo himself, mm-hmm. right? So, he's the guy watching this whole thing. So, the researchers went so far as to, quote, arrest the inmates and bring them into the makeshift jail in an effort to create a realistic environment. Now, remember, you have students. They're all students. Mm -hmm. You walk in, everybody is a student. You're all unilateral. You're there. You're going to school, except you are a prisoner and you are a guard. Right. So, position of authority... Position of a prisoner. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we have here. This is fucked up. It's so fucked up. so fucked up. Anyway, so the guards were instructed to keep control of the prison without using force or violence while the prisoners were given uniforms. Okay. So you guys, you can't hurt anybody. Nope. Like you just gotta, you tell them what to to do. Yep. Right. It's all verbal communication. You can't lay a hand on any of them. So guards started using measures like humiliation and solitary uh, solitary confinement to discipline and control the convicts when they started disobeying commands. And taking it, taking it up. Guess what? I'm an authority. I'm the authority figure. But I hate I hate to do this cuz I was I was in the corrections field and I hate to do this cuz I was never that guy. But you get that one fucking smart aleck who just knows where the lines drawn and pushes the envelope to the edge of that line as a prisoner. As a prisoner, yeah. So you have to make an example of them to show the other prisoners. Do like, you have to? Okay. <laughs> These guys think they have to. <laughs> I was say, do you? Do you have to? I was never that guy. I'm but just saying. You got like, those guys that are like, I got to show and make an example of this one guy so that way no one else tries to cross that line. Yeah. Block. And you're 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 in prison. So now you got the hot box. You got the solitary confinement. You, you got yeah. immoral. Uh, constraints on these people, and again, I understand why. But again, do you have to? You know what I mean? So, but I get yeah. it though, because like if if you don't, because typically, like in an actual prison, yes, uh, you know you're there, and I, for the most part, you're there for a reason.
1: You're, they're and there innocent.
0: are those that are there in you know innocent pro- until proven guilty, yes. yada yada. I get it, one hundred percent. But there's also those guards there who think that they're the fucking judge, jury, correct, and executioner, and shit. yeah, there are guards that should not be guards. Mm-mm. So there are guys that kind of like, you know, prisoner wise, Mm -hmm. they, they push it very much. And I can see losing your shit on them. And like, and, and because if you don't do that, then other inmates will attempt to do that because now you are as the person of authority, you are now no longer in authority. You are, you're the bitch. Mm -hmm. This guy just made you look like a bitch. So everybody or, or woman, whoever. Yeah. Um, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I get the 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 idea of I have to make a uh, an example, yeah. But it's but, fucked up, you know. Oh man, there, that it's that line it's again. The, dude. It, there is yeah. such a fine line when it comes uh. to that because you have to think about it in this aspect too. You're one, maybe two of let's say 120, 240. So you have one of you, and there's 200 of them. If one of them make you look like a bitch, the rest of them are going to make oh, you yeah. look like a dead bitch. Well, it's just like they do with the inmates too. Yeah. Like, you know, they they, they they will punk somebody. And if somebody doesn't step up and actually act right. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm never going to prison. And I really, I mean, if you never need any help. No, me. no. N- unless you can bail, like give me shivs. <laughs> like I'm not going to prison. I'll teach you a thing. Or two, I'm right? not a big guy. But I have a big mouth is my problem. yeah, and, and so I would wind up, yeah, dead, yeah. I'd wind up dead. I would I would wind up dead. It's fine. anyway, moving on, moving on. So the experiment was supposed to endure for uh, two weeks, just two weeks long right? <laughs> it's right? supposed to be right two weeks. but it had to be stopped after only um six days. yeah, six fucking days. It took six days for them to unravel to completely unravel. yeah. well why? Why did they unravel? Because the prison staff had begun misusing their misusing their power and mistreating the inmates. On the other hand, the convicts began to exhibit symptoms of anxiety and emotional anguish. I wonder why. Yeah, because prison's no fucking joke. It, well, it's not supposed to be. It's not. It's supposed to be a punishment. Like, you fucked up in life, supposedly. Fucked up in life. Supposedly. Supposedly. supposedly, supposedly. Fucked up in life. So here is your punishment. Can't do the time, don't do the crime. Whatever. But now we're going to take your punishment to a whole nother fucking level. And remember, they're college students. (laughs) They're pretending For no money. Right. (laughs) They're not actual prisoners. I got paid $18.50 an hour to do this shit. I didn't do half of this shit. And neither of them are actual guards or prisoners. (laughs) Oh. It is the most fucked up fucking... Oh, man. Anyway, uh, so (laughs) it wasn't until uh, doctoral student uh, Christina uh, Moslock, I'm going to say that's her name, who would later become Zimbardo's wife, fucking weird, a little bit, visited the fake prison prison, that it became obvious that things had spiraled out of control. Moslock expressed her dismay at what was happening because she was horrified. After that, Zimbardo decided to abandon the experiment, we, quote, finished the trial a week sooner than expected, but we did not end it quickly enough, Zimbardo said in a later statement. So, it, it, if you want to know any more information about this experiment, we will definitely talk yeah, about we're, it in a bonus. We, we're going to talk about it, because it is it's bad. fucked up, <laughs> man. It's so it bad. is so fucked up. I'm sorry I keep saying... i got to stop saying the F word so much. It's bad. It's not very uh, professional, right? Yes. Fuck that. <laughs> <bad. laughs> <laughs> but no, it's seriously, like, it, the, the whole thing, like, literally... And we are going to do a bonus on this. Yeah. Um, they, the guards, started beating the hell out of people, and like, like degrading them. Yeah, like making was, them get naked and stuff. It was. They were so just taking horrendous. that author that, that, that authoritarian um, concept way too far. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You're a student. With another student right. pretending. This is someone in your class. This is like being an actor and not realizing. This is like fucking Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder not realizing you're fucking Neil Armstrong. <laughs> or somebody playing blackface. I'm just a dude. Pretending to be a dude. <laughs> disguised as another dude. You just know some dude who don't know who what dude he is. <laughs> Drink up. God, I love that movie. Dude, you know Ben Stiller's getting fucking shit off of that? Yeah, they're trying to cancel him. They're trying to cancel it. him yeah. over that movie he did. This day. And you know what Ben Stiller said? There is nothing wrong with that movie at all. It was a movie we were making fun of stupid situations. It was, so, it was satire the whole time. The whole satire. I mean, the fact that he was pretending and, and he did a great job by the oh way, my God, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, but the fact that he was doing that, but then like there was an actual black actor that was like
1: busting Bashy. his ass. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know what I mean? The fact that they did that at that point, stop. Right. Because you have they're making it a point to show you that somebody. Who is actually black is like, okay, pump your brakes, buddy. Right. Hop along, Kangaroo Jack. You know what I mean? Pump your brakes. <laughs> What'd he say, Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> <laughs> right. Did the dingo eat your baby? The woman's a national treasure. <laughs> Sorry. Which that'll be a good upcoming uh, bonus episode as well, too. Yeah, God, I gotta love it. Oh, the dingo? Oh, yeah. we're do- No, that's gonna be an actual episode. Yeah, an actual episode? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah With the whole the dingo ate the baby thing. Mm-hmm. So, Australia, we're coming for you. Mm hmm. All right. Next up on this, another experiment: the Watson and Rayner's Little Albert experiment. Yeah. So Little Albert is probably at least vaguely familiar to you if you have ever taken intro, an, an, uh, excuse me an introduction to psychology course. Done it. Okay. Loved it. Every second of it. A youngster was trained to uh, dread a white rat by the uh, behaviorist John Watson and his assistant Ro- Rosalie Rayner. And this fear eventually spread to other white objects like stuffed animals and Watson's own beard. So they try to make a young um, person be afraid of fluffy white things. That's messed up. That's messed up. So this kind of experiment is obviously quite debatable in modern so- uh, society. It is unethical to intentionally scare a baby and teach the child to be terrified, you think? <laughs> According to the legend, the youngster and his mother left before Watson and Rainer could uh, decondition the child, leading many people to speculate that there may be a man out there who has a mystery phobia of furry white items. So there is potentially. So they never like. they The mom was like, this shit's done. I'm they gone. never fixed him. Oh, so boy. there is a man out there, potentially, that is afraid of Santa Claus. Or anything. Clouds? Yeah. <laughs> Cotton candy? Anything fluffy and or white. <laughs> <laughs> According to some researchers, Douglas Marit was the real Douglas Marit, the boy who served as the study's focal point. These scientists think that the boy who passed away at age six from um oh boy. Hydrocephalus. hydrocephalus that's what i said wasn't the what is it again hydrocephalus what is that it's a it's a it's a fucked up disease we're like um hold on i i, I don't know why I didn't you mind. only know it's fucked up because the way it's pronounced that <laughs> it's fucked up because we can't pronounce it well cephalococcus is um that is a uh a virus right yes hydrococ- so hydro would be like under the skin kind of thing hydrocephalus right so, hydrocephalus is a neurological disorder caused by an abnormal buildup of cere- cerebrus- hold on. cerebrospinal fluid in the ventricles deep within the brain. So, he had an abnormal buildup of the CSF fluid. That we've been talking about. we've been talking about. So, we had too much. So, he didn't have the exhaust things that, you know, Luke went in and shot a rocket into on the Death Star. No? Going to keep going. <laughs> anyway, poor guy. That sucks. I mean, seriously. Like, I wasn't boy. trying to make fun of him at all. No. Um, so they're basically saying that the the boy who passed away from the hydrocephalus was not the healthy boy that Watson described. Correct. But rather a boy with cognitive impairment. If this is the case, Watson's findings become even more troubling and super divisive. Most recent data, however, points to a kid by the name of William Albert Barger as the true Albert. So there is potentially... a little kid out there well not a little kid anymore but but a a a person Mm -hmm. who was completely fucked up by these researchers that's that just scared him into believing that everything white and fluffy was bad yeah literally from the day that this little kid was potentially born he was scared jauntingly with a white beard or a white puffy coat or whatever that was white and fluffy threw a rat at him or some shit that I'm, is messed up it's I, I i tried diving into it and mm, I, I i couldn't read any more of it because i was not only annoyed and pissed off by it but i unfortunately kind of there's so many things, things I, I just think he couldn't enjoy uh marshmallows yeah a pillow big hero six. Oh god right you know what i mean fluffy baby <laughs> I love that movie so much. so good. Yeah, that that sucks. That's super insane that they would do that to a kid. But this also should open up your eyes into a lot of other experiments as well, too, because there's a lot of experiments that have been going on since the beginning of time to today where, unfortunately, there might be those one-off cases where someone was like, yeah, this is fucked up. I'm pulling my kid out or my person out or I'm out of this shit and never was deconditioned from the experiment itself. Mm. Like anything. Mm, hmm rough. Next one on the list here is, Se- oh boy, Seligman's look into learned helplessness. This one's so, I just, this sounds bad. I, I hated it. Well, it starts off with dogs, so I'm super sorry for this, listeners. Uh, they were trained to anticipate an electrical shock after hearing a tone in tests by psychologists Martin Seligman and Stephen F. Mayer in the late 1960s. Unexpected findings were noted by Seligman and Meyer. Oh, boy, I know how you guys all love your dogs out there. So, if you want to skip ahead, okay. Anyway, going forward, the dogs would swiftly jump over a low barrier when initially placed in a shuttle box with an electric side to avoid the shocks. Okay, of course they would. Mm -hmm. The dogs were then fastened into a harness where shocks could not be avoided. The dogs were put back in the shuttle box after being trained to anticipate a shock from which they couldn't flee. The dogs made no attempt to leap over the modest barrier to get out of the box. Instead, they just curled up and cried and whined. They made no attempt to alter their situation because they already knew there was no way to escape. This tendency was described by the researchers as learnt helplessness. Fuck. (laughs) If you know you can't fix the situation you're in, all you can do is sit there and cry. Oh, man, I feel... I don't like that. Don't like it. Nope. Because the study's animals were mistreated, Seligman's work is seen as controversial. You think? (sighs) Now, uh, we don't like to get political here. And obviously, we will not ever get political, ever. So, this article that I put in here has a few past and present presidents' names in here. Only for the article in itself We are not basing any nothing. opinions on this at all, and nothing. if we have ever... And by the way, I want to say this real fast. I want to preface this. If we have ever done that in the past, I do want to personally apologize. Mm-hmm. We don't ever want to be that show that's no. like whatever. We don't want anyone to feel bad about, you know, that we've got a certain um, outlook on things or whatever right. like that, unless it's like pedophiles and pieces right. of shit and We're stuff like that. We're very neutral when it comes killers. to yes. a lot of things. So... In saying that, yes, okay, but this article really intrigued me, and it shows a lot of how the brain's cognition kind of works. So I wanted to intrude and I wanted this to be in there. But okay. unfortunately, there was some presidents' names that were introduced in here. So and don't- that's fine. We're not like on on one side or the other. We're no. just yeah, okay. So it turns out that there might actually be a link to the spread of misinformation and how our brains like and interpret all that information. Correct. Okay. All right, guys, so that was part one of The Brain. The Brain. And we will be bringing you part two next week right here, and you know where to listen. So uh, tell everyone about it. Yes, and as always,
1: choo-choo, motherfucker! Uh,
0: I had to do it.